Support for this episode comes from eBay. Whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers, head-turning handbags, or one genuine wardrobe staple. If you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just gotta have, eBay gets it. Nothing's more important than the real deal. When you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome to the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dave Early. Today was a very, very special pod, kind of an emergency. I wrote a piece about Kyrie Irving and how the Sixers should trade for him now that he's available. They should swoop in and steal him from LeBron. And this person reached out to me via DM and said, I got to come on your pod and tell you how crazy and dumb you are. Trillbro dude, he's the host of the You Know Ball podcast. Most of you probably already follow him on Twitter, so give him a follow. His podcast, the You Know Ball pod, is streaming wherever you get your podcast. It's for real hoopers only, but... I do hear that he lets the occasional dog listen in too, in the walking bucket every once in a while as well. So we're going to get into whether or not the Sixers should trade for Kyrie. Does Kyrie burn everything down? Does he get a bum rap? Is his clutch gene a little bit overrated? We talk about why the James Harden contract situation might not be in yet. Is he? Are they kind of waiting for another domino to fall with a guy like Tobias Harris? Are they waiting for a Matisse Stiebel trade? Is it possible that James would have to take a little bit more money off the top of his year one, or could he get more money if no trade goes through? There were reports about team looking to get Eric Gordon as well. Uh, all things, then we kind of go off the cuff. We talk about whether or not the Dallas Mavericks would look to get Tobias Harris for a guy like Reggie Bullock. So plenty to talk to. Without further ado, let's get to Trill. I'm going to do an ode to Sean Kennedy and say, Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I have a very, very special guest, friend of the pod, longtime, uh, basically the slop king of the universe in <laughs> Trill, Trill Bro Dude. And your phrase is caught on like absolute wildfire. I mean, I'm seeing just all these big time media journalists. I had Rich Hoffman on last week of The Athletic, and he said it within like 30 seconds. You know, he's like, yeah, man, I'm enjoying slop season. So welcome. <laughs> Love it. I absolutely love that everyone's on the slop train now. It's been, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy six months or however long it's been since I started calling it slop. And uh, yeah, it's, I, I honestly can't believe it, it's gotten as big as it has, but you know, everyone can relate to it. it, it it's something I, I joke about it all the time, but I'm like, slop is like the perfect escape from real life. Like it's just like the most mindless thing. Just you're sitting there on Twitter and you get a notification from Shams or Woj or whatever, and then everyone loses their mind collectively, like when Rudy Gobert was traded the other night. And it's 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 a nice thing. It unites us all, Slot. It's really nice. And like, there's some sort of something truthful about it grounded in the barn because <laughs> me and my friends have called it this stuff milk for like a decade. And so we would always send each other like cows from the udder. Like, oh, here <laughs> Here's our milk. You know, let's, we, we just got some milk from like Mark Stein. Right. Um, so when I saw you doing the slop, I was like, wow, this is like kind of what we, you know, there's just something to it about like we're all these like pigs and we're just, we're just waiting <laughs> for our slop. Yeah, so exactly. Yeah. I'll take any slop I can get, you know? Yes, it's, it's perfect. And I think you really have resonated with an, with an audience and 
you guys even like are you planning a trip like to a game oh yeah we got we got a lot of stuff going on we got we're, we're gonna do a trip to a game next year uh we might do an eagles game like yeah we've we've got a ton of stuff going on with philly sports trips right now so um should be fun incredible uh all right let's get into it you what's on your mind right now as a sixers fan um, I guess right this second would probably be the James Harden extension, just because I'm so curious to see what it really is. Like, is it, is it a one plus one? Is it a two plus one? Is it three years? Is it four years? Like we do, we're kind of still in the dark. Like, I think we know the number is going to be something like 35, 36 million maybe even less than that, depending on, you know, what kind of flexibility that they want going into the season. I'm just really like, this is the next domino to fall. Obviously, like the Kevin Durant is like the big NBA domino. Once Kevin Durant is traded, that will set off a chain of events, I would imagine, that a ton of guys will just be on the move. But as a Sixers fan, like, I just need to know what the Harden extension is so I can stop thinking about, like, can we trade for Eric Gordon or can, or do we have to trade for someone lesser or is Matisse Thibel and, and Kirk on Korkmaz going to be moved or is Tobias Harris? Is there a trade that could happen there? Once I feel like we know what the hard number is and like then the Kevin Durant domino falls, like I feel like we'll have a better idea of what the team is like going to officially look like next year. Do you, is there any part of you that's like, well, this is taking longer than I thought. What's negotiate. Are they waiting on a possible trade as we speak? And that'll dictate um, the year one make. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I do think that that could be part of it because I think one of the things that people like, you know, people like Jason Temperley on Twitter and Brian Toporek, uh, who is now part of Liberty Ballers. Uh, yeah, that's right. Shout out to Brian. Love Brian. But um, the this idea that like, you know, the Sixers, obviously they use their mid-level exception. They use their biannual exception in order to have access to those exceptions, you have to basically make it so that James Harden makes 12 million, 13 million less than he did just because of the hard cap, which is a salary cap. Basically the closest thing that the NBA has to like a firm salary ceiling that you can't go over once you have been hard capped. So they've used the exceptions. That means that they're hard capped. And that means that Harden can only make X amount of dollars. Now, if there is some sort of trade in the works that would make it so that like, so for example, if they were able to trade Tobias Harris for Korkmaz Cork Moss and Matisse Thibel, and then shed $5 million in that, they might be able to give James Harden a little bit more money and be like, okay, thanks for waiting. And what would that deal look like? Would that be Eric Gordon? Would that be Reggie Bullock and Maxi Kleber? I don't know what. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that's, I, I haven't heard anything like real. Like I I've only theorized and I've heard, whispers from you know oh the Mavericks like Tobias and you know the Kings were interested but like was that during the Ben Simmons stuff like we don't really know and like the Mavericks have liked Tobias for a while and before the Jazz tore it down like the Jazz like Tobias but like like no one is going to trade positive like I think the one thing like the Mavericks made sense because they lost Jalen Brunson so getting another scorer there couldn't couldn't hurt uh you know Tobias is would probably be a decent fit especially with how he fit with Harden and Luca is like a better version of, of, of Harden. I would so, be interested if I could move off of Tim Hardaway Jr. And maybe one of the bigs I don't need as much sure. now that Wood is here for sure. 
So yeah, that's what I think because they just signed JaVale McGee to that $7.5 million. So like they have four bigs right now. They have Christian Wood, they have JaVale McGee, they have uh, Powell uh, and Dwight Powell, and they have Maxi Kleba. So one of those guys is going to be on the move. Is it a pure salary dump? Is it where they're they're waiting for a bigger trade? Are they waiting for this whole massive domino to fall? Or, you know, like to me, a Tobias trade always looked like something like Tim Hardaway Jr. and Davis Bertant. It's like two smaller contracts that would be sent to the Sixers that could be split up into two guys, but you're taking on longer money. So like, Tim Hardaway Jr., I believe, signed a four-year contract at the end of last year, so he has three years left. Tobias has one, two. I believe Davis Bertans also has three years left. And to me, that kind of trade makes sense for both for, for both teams to an extent, but, like, it makes the Sixers worse, in my opinion, because I do think that, like, I, I know Davis Bertans can't play deep in the playoffs, and I'm not sure about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s defense, and I'm not sure about Tim Hardaway Jr.'s health and age and all that stuff and like in theory sure he could be like a decent whatever but like as crazy yeah, I think as, these are quick no's for Daryl like look as crazy as Tobias can drive you like he was good after we got Harden once he adjusted to his new role and he would if we lost Tobias and we're not getting back like a Harrison Barnes or Reggie Bullock or that kind of player then I do think that it makes the team worse. Like if you were to trade Tobias for Eric Gordon, just a purely like we're moving out salary, maybe we're moving Tobias somewhere and then we're getting back less salary and mainly just Eric Gordon, I think it would make the Sixers worse. I think Tobias Harris is at this point a better player than Eric Gordon. But at the same time, like, you know, Eric Gordon's last year isn't guaranteed, so maybe they want to get off the Tobias contract a year early, whatever it is. My whole thing is, like, I've always thought a Tobias trade was more likely next offseason than this offseason because it's an expiring deal. And look at what's happening with a guy that we'll talk about in a little bit. But, like, look at what's happening with the Lakers right now. Like, the Lakers are obviously in a unique situation, but, like, having that $40 million, 45 48 however much Russell Westbrook makes, expiring contract – might make it so that they can land Kyrie Irving. So I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to bring Tobias back and then have an option next year in order to improve the team with a trade with draft picks or prospects or whatever, and then kind of go from there. Yeah, I think our Paul Hudrick would agree with you on Tobias more likely. He reported that he's very likely to be here. I don't think he expects a trade still, but I did wonder, you know, with, with the hang up on the lag on Harden's contract. All right. So Let's move forward. You mentioned the Lakers. There are reports that they really want Kyrie Irving. Chris Haynes mentioned that maybe it's a trade for Russell Westbrook with draft compensation being a hangup. Maybe Joe Harris versus Seth Curry being involved. They think he said they were disinclined to move Harris. They'd prefer to move Seth. Uh, Any feelings on that idea and Kyrie being on the move? So I I mean – I would say it's about as close to a lock as you can get in terms of like, I think Kyrie will be on the Lakers by the end of the week. Like, I think that the nets have kind of made up their mind. Like I think that they're, they're holding steady. They're kind of doing what Daryl Morey did with Ben Simmons. They're not going to take packages back that they think are terrible, but they have realized that like the ship has probably sailed on this and Kyrie to the Lakers. Kyrie wants to go to the Lakers. 
The Lakers have this massive expiring contract. The Nets aren't going to be contenders next year anyway, so they'll probably have it, if not a rebuild, a reset, at least temporarily. You're going to try to get two future first-round picks, and if you can get off the Joe Harris contract, which, by the way, like Joe Harris is, a, when healthy, a very good player, but like just had two major ankle surgeries and like might never be the same. Like it, it's, it's not sounding good for him. So if you can somehow get off of that contract in the process and get off that long-term money and just get back short-term money and get maybe two future picks. And like, if you like Taylor Horton Tucker or whatever, then sure. And also maybe you can make it part of a bigger trade of five, six team trade uh, that could potentially happen uh, with Kevin Durant and Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons complicates things for the Nets because they can't get a second guy that's on a rookie extension. So from the Nets perspective, like I, th- I think like I would prefer to get some something better back for Kyrie Irving than Russell Westbrook and, and some picks. But if you can facilitate that to kind of get back something that gives yourself a little bit more long-term flexibility and also restock your draft cupboard with, with a few more picks. It's not the worst thing in the world, considering that like you possibly could have lost him for nothing. If he really did go nuclear and decide to take the taxpayer MLE, like he was threatening to do a week ago. So I, I mean, like, look, he wants to play with LeBron again. LeBron wants to play with him. It's the Lakers. They tend to get what they want. Uh, I, I would be pretty surprised if he doesn't end up on there. And I would imagine the rumors that have come out since then are kind of like uh, more like leverage from the net side to say like, hey, there are some options. Yeah, I wrote about this today. I argued that the Sixers should get in. You know, If they're really thinking about taking on Westbrook, and I don't know, I've seen some people on Twitter talk about like the Lakers 20, 27 and 29 picks. Sure. I, don't know if, I don't know if the Lakers would include both, but you mentioned the Lakers tend to get what they want. I don't feel great taking on Lakers picks. I know it worked out for the Sixers when they got the 10th overall, which could have been Mikael Bridges. Um, but they're always, in my opinion, one free agent max slot away from retooling with another superstar. So you couldn't feel great even when it looked like they were set for a rebuild. You'd be a little nervous there. I said maybe the Sixers but, should get in there. To be fair, of, I'm like, sorry to interrupt, but to be fair, like that's actually been a great business to get a Lakers pick for the last decade. There's been one season where they haven't been in the lottery, I think. One season where they have not been? Yeah, and they won the title. <laughs> uh, maybe two because they made the seven seed the one year, but that pick was still pretty decent. Yeah, like the, the, Pel- the Pelicans just got a top 10 pick from the Lakers. They just got the eighth pick in the draft from the Lakers. Yeah, I think it's funny. There's this sort of weird connection where you trade away a pick with certain protections that incentivizes you to tank and keep it. And that worked out very much in the favor of the eventual dynasty warriors and the championship 2020 bubble Lakers. They both have pockets are doing right now too. Yeah. So you just got to trade away a pick that you only get to keep if it's top five, top seven, and then you have to make sure that you get to keep it. And then, then soon you'll be contenders. So my idea was if they're about to take Russ, uh, come in there, swoop in, say, look, you're so sick of divas. Take the best personality in the NBA and Tobias Harris. Sure. You could sell this guy. He fits with Ben Simmons. Maybe bring on Aiton. Maybe you're going to get Scotty Barnes. I don't know who you're going to get, but whoever it is, Toby fits better. You're retooling. Who cares if it's an extra year? Take this guy and the Sixers kick in the 2029. And then you get Kyrie Irving for basically Tobias Harris because to- Matisse Abel might not be in your rotation anyway. Tell me why I'm stupid and crazy. Don't hold so, back. 
So first off, you miss you miss some selling points there on Tobias Harris going to the the Nets. They're coming out of all of this locker room drama, like you said. Like there, there's that whole element. He's from Long Island. <laughs> the Nets were interested in him as a Kevin Durant alternative back in 2019. So they do at least have some affinity for Tobias Harris. I think that everyone knows Tobias is a good locker room guy. One of the things that like the Nets seems along for. And Nets fans, for some reason, seem to long for probably just because of all this drama that's happened over the last year, has been that 2018-2019 Nets team that had this great culture and all these young guys and whatever. And like Tobias, yeah, they want to get back to the blue collar boy stuff. Exactly, and Tobias fits fits that kind of vibe perfectly. Like, if you want to be the seven seed and lose in the first round, Tobias Harris is great to have on your team as one of the best players for sure. But I do think that also he was in a movie. He's a movie star now. Like, come on. Like, like he, he's got, he's got a lot going for him, Tobias. But I, I look, do I think it's the dumbest thing in the world to think, to say we should acquire one of the best basketball players on the earth? No. What, how, how good is he when available? What, uh, what, what number rank? 12th or 15th? 10th? I mean, I, I wouldn't put him that high. I 20th. would put Sure. I would put okay. him like tw- 20th or whatever. Okay. And what about like, Harris? Uh, probably in the fifties or sixties. Like, okay. I think the gap between them is pretty big. Like I think that, I think that what Kyrie can do on a basketball court is worlds better than what Tobias Harris can do on a basketball court. Yeah. But I also think that there is a larger sample size of Kyrie Irving torpedoing successful teams for his own personal whatever there isn't any really any my, my big thing was like and i was i was a Kyrie defender until like a year or two ago when he kind of just proved some of the haters right by like once again torpedoing another team with his personal decisions and his actions and all of that stuff like look at every team that he's left since like the caps like he leaves lebron near his peak a team that went to the finals, won the finals. He was a big part of that, obviously. He goes to Boston. They go to the conference finals without him, and then he torpedoes the next season when he comes back. They lose in the second round. Then he decides, okay, I'm going to Brooklyn. Gets injured again. Doesn't decide to go to the bubble. Okay, fine, whatever. I'll give him a pass for that. The following year, they get back to the playoffs. He gets injured again. Like This guy, not only is he injury-prone, He's a massive issue in the locker room. He doesn't, he, he at least has had some beef with James Harden, who's definitely going to be on the team next year and is going to be an important part of the team next year. And that just happened this calendar year where they had somewhat of a falling out. Let, all right, let me push back on some of this a little bit because, okay. yes, you're right. I mean, everything you said, you can't really argue with, but like banners fly forever. I know he left Cleveland in, in a mess, but they have a ring, so they can't be that upset with him. I think he told that to a few fans when he visited their sure. last right and sure. so if he did that in philadelphia and then left in a complete storm no one would really complain the celtics he was hurt yes he i think what was it the knee surgery mm-hmm. um first year the first year and then it was like kind of a disaster but i don't think that that was the title team anyway so maybe they could have won another round um and got but, to the finals that's a pretty big deal though right it's a huge deal so for sure yeah um, so yeah, that's fair, but he left when he was a free agent. So if you were a Sixers fan, you got him for one year, you'd accept that he might leave. You got him for three sure. years on an extended trade. You'd accept that 
he might ask for a trade at some point. You don't know, but like you could then trade him if you wanted to. And then the other thing is, I believe that there's a little bit too much pushback on this Nets disaster because I think Sean Marks could have put his feet up and said, we're not perfect. Maybe I just inherited a bunch of guys who wanted to form a super team here, but I did enough to get a championship in 2021. If those were healthy, we would have, we would have won it. And so all of these narratives that this is an organizational failure and Kyrie this and that, at least we'd have a ring, I believe. So I don't even disagree with that. I've actually stood on the side of, I think the nets have been totally fine in all of this. You trade for James Harden, you bring in Kyrie, you bring in KD, you put, they, I've been saying I wouldn't even trade Kevin Durant. I would be like, no, you signed a four-year contract not that long ago, and you're not you're not Ben Simmons. You're not going to sit out your th- age 34 season. Like, we're going to make this work. And that's- Do you have a favorite one yet? Do you have, like, an Ingram or Barnes? Real quick, just as an aside. Um, if I were the Nets, yeah. I would be aiming for... I had to hit you with a cliffhanger there to get a quick word in from our sponsor. When we come back, Trill's going to talk about what he's looking for in a Kevin Durant return trade for the nets and then we're going to make sort of make it full circle and talk about ways maybe the sixers could capitalize on the uh, full nba anarchy support for this episode comes from ebay whether it's a holy grail pair of sneakers head-turning handbags or one genuine wardrobe staple if you're always on the hunt for that one wardrobe staple you just gotta have ebay gets it nothing's more important than the real deal when you shop on eBay, all you have to do is look out for that shiny blue check mark that says Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be verified authentic through a detailed inspection. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Look, like if Phoenix came to me, I would be like, no, thank you. I don't want any of your guys. Like, I like Michael Bridges. I like DeAndre Ayton, but this is fucking Kevin Durant. I don't, sorry if I can't curse on here. But, um, okay. So it's, it's Kevin Durant. And like, if I were searching, I would be shooting for the moon. Like, I would be, yeah. Like, I'm either going for like that Ingram level prospect that I guess Scotty Barnes, I'm not as high on Scotty Barnes as some people, but he's, he's really good. Um, Sure. Like any one of those guys, if I'm getting a prospect back, if not, I'm flipping whoever I get, Michael Bridges, DeAndre and whatever. And I'm just getting back picks and just doing a whole rebuild of my own and, and just trying to find the next guy who could be that generational talent because I'm not losing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and then turning around and getting a guy who's like pretty good, but not like all-star all NBA like makes me into like a legit contender good so maybe Donovan Mitchell's the best player they can get I would like that for them uh if Donovan Mitchell moves on uh you know there are a few guys out there but like I'm not interested in the players that Miami or Phoenix could send Bam Adebayo Tyler Hero no thank you I'm good on that yeah I agree with a lot of that all right so we did a job pointing out the very true things about what Kyrie leaves in his wake. And I saw your funny tweet about that. And then I, I pointed out some fair hypotheticals that counterbalance that a little bit. 
But tell me why it doesn't work from the Sixers' point of view. So I do want to get to that, but I just want to point out the whole Kyrie Irving about like banners fly forever and stuff. Yes. Uh, he played with LeBron James. Like the Sixers do not have LeBron James. I love Joel Embiid to death. He's not LeBron James. Like, the, would this team with Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and uh, Joel Embiid be extremely good? Would they be contenders? Yes, absolutely. The margin for error there is very, very slim in terms of injuries. Like, it's not just a one-time thing with Kyrie. Like, yes, maybe there was some freak accidents, but like he gets injured all the time. He barely plays games. And then, so you have that element of it. And then like, I think about it like this. Like, I actually think the best argument for trading for him is if you trade for him, you at least you get off the Tobias contract a year early, right? Like we just traded, like we made a major talent upgrade. And like, if it doesn't work out, Kyrie can walk in a year. We can sign and trade him to the Lakers. If he really wants to go to the Lakers, whatever. But also this is a guy who just sat out for a large chunk of this season because of this vaccine thing, which like he could easily do it again. If he gets traded to a team, he doesn't want to play for. What would you say the probabilities are that he misses time, not due to injury next season. If the Sixers were to acquire him, like what percent? I would say it's pretty high, dude. Like and, I, and how long, like, what would you guess? Two weeks, so, three weeks. So you're games? saying like, if he just like chose to not want to play, Something came up like that's the, that's, that's the unpredictable thing with him is like he could literally just just be like, I don't want to go anymore. And then just not. This is like I, I just had Jackson Frank on my podcast and we talked about it. And I said, like, Daryl Morey is the unpredictable GM. Kyrie Irving is the unpredictable player where like he'll just do something and there's no rhyme or reason to it. Like people will always point to like winning solves everything. And I'm like, well, it doesn't for Kyrie. I just ran down all the good teams that he wants to leave or he attempted to blow up and like there's very there's a decent chance that if he comes here and him and James Harden have one fight that he's gone like we either have to trade him for whatever we can get back which Westbrook and Westbrook uh, exactly <laughs> right exactly like it would probably have to be Russell Westbrook because no one else would want him or there is a situation where he just says, we're not, I'm not playing for the team anymore. Like I genuinely believe that if Kyrie Irving doesn't get his way, he's going to do whatever he wants. But and like, have, but you have the Supreme faith in Doc to manage the personalities. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Doc, year three Doc is the year that everyone loves him, right? That's, That's what Matt Barnes just said. He was like, you know, but somewhere around that third year, the voice, yep. the message gets old. Exactly. I'm literally been saying this forever. Like Doc, Doc's message gets stale in the third year when he's saying the same thing over and over, and uh, the best players start to catch on. Like, hey, this guy might be full of shit. <laughs> so you know who pushed back on that completely? Pat Beverly, who might be oh, available right now. I would absolutely love for Patrick Beverly to be on the Sixers next year. Although I will say, another guy who is a little bit older did play for the Rockets, so Maury would love him. But uh, oh man, yeah, he did. Love the lo one of might be the only player in the NBA who loves Doc Rivers and James Harden. Yeah. <laughs> so if you can acquire Patrick Beverly for Matisse Seibel and Furkan Korkmaz, I would be absolutely all over that because I think Melton can play the two and the three a little bit more if you really needed him to, and you can have Pat Bev be the, the one and the two off the bench, and then Tucker as like your three through five. I would really, really, really like that if they were able to get Patrick Beverly. Yeah. So what about the fans who say there is no vaccine mandate in Philadelphia that moving forward, that's off the table. 
How many games sure. did Kyrie really miss in the past for things that were non-basketball related? Like mostly it was injuries. And yes, he might leave you in free agency. He might ask for a trade at the end of the season. But are you really, really worried that he's just going to not show up for more than like, what, what was it in, in January just before the James Harden trade? It was only like a handful of games, right? Sure. Well, look, has he physically shown up? Yes. Has he mentally shown up? I would argue in every situation he has quit on the team that he's been on. And now has James Harden done that too? Yeah, I'm not saying he hasn't. I'm not saying James Harden's perfect, but James Harden's on the team. So we kind of have to figure that out anyway. One of the so, things, yeah. No, but I was just going to say like, like he quit in the Boston series. He quit in the, when he played for Boston against the Bucks. he quit. When he played for the Nets against the Celtics, he quit. And I, I'm just like, even if he's physically there, even if the vaccine thing doesn't matter, even if whatever, like Kyrie can choose to turn it off at any moment. And like, it would scare me if we have James Harden and Kyrie Irving who might not get along. And also both are very like can quit at any time. Like that to me, the, the, the upside of this team of that team from a talent perspective in a vacuum is a championship. The downside is that like, it's a fucking disaster. And then, Joel Embiid is upset and is like, I, I don't even know what I'm doing here. Why did we ever think this was a good idea? Yeah. I mean, that's all very fair. It would be uh, be a little bit of a tinderbox. And even if you got everyone to say, let's give it a shot, uh, it could blow up for sure. The, one of the things from – and there's plenty to talk about from a basketball point of view about it. I mean, the whole thing feels a little hypothetical. I don't expect it to actually happen. But I was sure. kind of rooting for the, for the Sixers to just explore it because if the price were right enough, I'd like to know that they made the call, at least if, you know, if we're just talking Tobias Harris and a pick or something, but from a basketball standpoint, I like his on-court makeup where sometimes you get worried, like it's hard to get Joel and beat the ball. He's being doubled. He's being tripled. He's being fronted. And sometimes he misses an open shooter and takes a poor shot. Sometimes James Harden vanishes in a huge game. Kyrie's kind of the opposite. Like no matter how hostile the environment, he's pretty clutch and he, he steps his game up. I, I don't, I, 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 I think that's a little bit overblown, to be honest. I I do. I think that he's had some really good playoff performances, and I think when he played with LeBron there, and then he had a little stretch that was nice with the Nets, but like, look, he's never made it past the second round without LeBron. His stats are up and down. You know, his overall stats might look good, but like, if you look at his game logs, he's had some real stinkers in the playoffs with Cel with the Celtics, with the Nets, like. I'm not saying that he doesn't have the talent to do that, but I do think that like if we're going based on recent history with Kyrie's playoff performances, that that is not the case. Like I think that it's a smaller chunk of games than it than than it than it might seem. I think the legacy stuff that he built in 2016, no one can take that away from him. I think he's one of the 75 best basketball players of all time, and he should have made that list. But like for what he is now, I just think that that's a little bit overblown. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I don't know that it is because I think maybe the past won't necessarily predict the future, and that could be argued either way in terms of what he did also, in 2016. Also, we're comparing him to but Tobias Harris, who's never had playoff moments. So, like, if we're talking about purely on the court, you're 100% right. Purely on the court, yeah. Tobias has had some excellent moments. He was really good in the first round against Toronto, but, I mean, in It means nothing. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah exactly. So I would feel better with Kyrie out there. I, I do think he would, I mean, he's a guy who 
commits tremendous gravity from a defense. And sure. that would really benefit Joel. You'd have some real concerns with defense. You'd kind of be going all in on this, you know, nuclear offensive team, but you still have Joel, you still have Tucker, you still have Melton, you still have House. Um, yeah. so you're not completely devoid. You, and you would have a min deal. If you're sending out Matisse Seibel, you could get one more guy, maybe two more guys. So, um, all right, let's, so let's pivot to the next thing. What about a trade with just Matisse? Like, let's say they're pretty much done and you're looking at a vet min and a Thibel trade. What are you looking for? So it's hard to find a one for one for Thibel that I like, because most players that make as much money as he does aren't particularly good because they're either on their rookie contract still, or they're kind of like guys like that we could get on like the BAE or whatever, like the Daniel house types or whatever, like who, who even really. And I think Daniel house might actually as a two-way player might be an upgrade over Thibel, especially in the playoffs, but like the kind of guys that I'm looking at for that Furcon Cork, it would have to be like that Furcon Cork Moss plus Matisse Thibel thing. Maybe even George Niang thrown in there. Like the Eric Gordon thing keeps getting brought up, but that's going to be hard to pull off because you're sending out four players to match the salary for one. And then you're like Harden would have to take even less money. Like it doesn't really seem realistic, but like the, the one guy that I think that we all came up with is because the Mavs love the, like the one guy that would be like kind of a dream fit that like, I don't think is realistic at all would be like Josh Hart from the Blazers where like you get a guy who's a really good rebounder, good shooter, good defender, like someone who would just could literally start at the three for us tomorrow. It would be a perfect, perfect fit. But I don't think that Josh Hart is really gettable. I know there are a lot of Sixers fans that seem to think he is. I personally like you just traded CJ McCollum and then like Josh Hart and Jeremy Grant are the return on that from the asset that you use to get yeah, Jeremy know. Grant. Like, I, I don't think that he's realistic, but like Reggie Bullock is the one that like, maybe if like I squinted, I could see like Dallas, like just needing, like they love Thibel. Apparently they've liked Tobias in the past and like, maybe they just want to get off of some bad contracts and they would be willing to send us or I'm sorry, not even Tobias, like uh, just, just Thibel and Cork Moss. Like, Maybe they're just like, we need, we just need like uh, another defensive guy in here who's like a stalwart. You know, we're going to go all in on defense. But then again, like they just lost Jalen Brunson, who's like a starter for them. And then they're going to lose Reggie Bullock, who's another starter for them. Like, I just don't really see that one as super realistic either. So I wish I had a better answer, but like all the guys I wanted, like Contavious Caldwell Pope. And even like take a chance on a guy like Will Barton or whatever, like Royce O'Neal, whoever, like they all were moved. And like the guys that you're going to get for that small salary are just not going to be particularly good. I feel like if I were, I use this analogy on a pod with Jas Kang, uh, basically like you're sitting there with a big stack of chips in front of you at a poker table and you lose like a third of your stack, you start getting really, really aggressive. And so I could see Mark Cuban feeling that way. Like I've, I've taken a big hit. Would I then part with Bullock to get Harris and Matisse somehow if I was also parting with a $10 million salary? I wasn't very excited about keeping anyway. And it sure. feels like there's something that might there. Be, yeah, that, that might be real. I, I mean, look, yeah. like I think Reggie Bullock might fit better with what Dallas wants to do than Tobias and Thibel. But like, I, I always struggle with the Tobias thing because it's like, you could argue that in some cases there might be a little bit of addition by subtraction if you get rid of him because you might get a guy who buys into his role more and you might get a guy who's a better ball mover and like doesn't stop the ball as much and like doesn't eat up possessions. But at the same time, like 
Tobias is definitely better than Reggie Bullock, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, it seems like Reggie Bullock has kind of been up and down for four or five years now where, like, one season he shoots great from three and he looks really good defensively, and then the next season not as much. So, like... I believe he's he, better, yeah. And, and he showed it as a cutter, and he, like, if you left Fred Van Vliet on him, he would go punish him, like, right at the rim. Sure. And you're not getting that from Bullock. He might be a little bit more of a willing gun from the corners. Right. Um, but yeah, he's not better. So I think the way you would do it is then you would try to reroute Kleba and get mm-hmm. another $10 million contract that you prefer, something like that. I think it would be Pal that they would try to move. Uh, it sounds like sounds like they're trying to I guess to now that McGee's there. Yeah, I mean, he got a yeah. lot of money, didn't he? Wow. He got a lot for a 34-year-old. Yeah, for a lob threat at 34. Crazy. Yeah. Man. All right, so what else? You, you got one minute here. Take it up. I don't really have any other, like, I wish that I had more people that like they could trade for, but now that they've used the BAE, the MLE, like on the guys that they could go after, like, look, could you flip Tobias Harris for Harrison Barnes and try to figure out something there? Maybe, but like, I like that with him and holiday at one point, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think if they make any more trades, it's either going to be one where it's Thibel and Moss for one more rotation player, whether that's a bench guy or starter, I'm not sure. And then the other trade would just be like a pure for kind of Moss salary dump where like maybe they send some second round picks to a team that has like an exception for $5 million or a team that just uh, has some cap space and like you could just trade Cork Moss into that. Like, I, I don't really see any more like major moves. Everything that's going to be coming from now on, I would think is a, is a more fringe type move. Remember listening to those podcasts back in the day of like the way that we got James Harden to Houston was when everyone was thinking about getting LeBron James in 2010, we sure. were accumulating picks for the next year and the next right. year. So you wonder like, all right, if everyone is thinking about how to get Kevin Durant, is there some opportunity we're not thinking of? Or is there even just one Jenga block that makes that's right now preventing an Eric Gordon deal and something happens, something changes in a week sure. or a day? Well, uh, it sounds like he's been trying to flip Thibel for a first so that they can send it to Houston for Eric Gordon. But like that might they might have that, but they might not have the salary to make it work. So this next week's going to be interesting. I, 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 I have a lot more faith in the one through eight now. And if we got one more rotation guy, I'd feel pretty good about our one through nine. All right. We're talking to Trill Bro, dude. Thank you so much for jumping on. Thanks, dude. All right. Support for this episode has come from eBay. You know real when you feel it. And with eBay authenticity guarantee, you don't have to wonder. You know that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo will be checked by experts and verified authentic. Maybe it's a designer handbag, sneakers that pop, jewelry that shines as bright as you do. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. 